Greg Batten and Dan DiOrio, although Dan is not part of this part of our uh, broadcast or our podcast. But we are continuing a conversation from the Greg and Dan show with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Robert Elliott. He has a book called Citizen Soldier from the Land of Lincoln to Iraq and Back. It is available wherever you buy books. It debuted as an Amazon number one new release in the Iraq War history section on uh, Kindle Store. You can get it anywhere. Anywhere. Good to see you again. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. I'll pretend that we just didn't see each other two minutes ago, but we'll, welcome back to the studio. So I, I want to follow a little farther into the book that we didn't get to on the radio show, and that is um, what you learned about yourself in your years in Iraq. So you're 39 when you go to reset this. You have three children. You have a lovely wife. You guys have a life together. And you make the decision, along with your your family, that you're going to go serve this our country in Iraq at that age and with those responsibilities. That's a big deal, man. That's a that's a big deal. Yes. And I, I, did people think you were crazy? First of all, let me ask you that. Well, there are some people that yes, I I don't know if I'd go as strong as crazy, crazy but, but you know, like, dude, it, why are you doing this? You don't exactly. Need to do this. Yeah, yeah, question the logic, common yeah. sense. You know, you already exactly. had a job. Were you a state trooper at that time? Fifteen years yeah. of the job. You, yeah, yes. so you're like, okay, you have a thing. Yes, and you're and you're and you're already doing good work as a state trooper. I yes. mean, you're serving our communities, right? Absolutely. So, so you make the decision, you go. Are you nervous? First of all, I, I would use the word maybe anxious, especially particular times. And yes, did I question it? Yes. When you're on that aircraft and you're headed that way, there's no turning around. No, you've made this decision. They yeah. don't they don't redo the paperwork. No, either. Yeah. you can't call time out and say, <laughs> yeah, my wife called and she's she frustrated. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So so you get on the plane, you land. Now I was going to go a different direction, but I want to I'm fascinated by this. I want to I want to talk about the first day or days. So you, you get on the plane. Where? Where did you leave the States from? St. Louis. Okay. And you fly directly to Iraq, or where do no. you go? No, that's after training here in Illinois at Illinois National Guard bases. Then we yeah. go to Fort Bliss because we have to pass the test with the United States Army before they send you over. Okay. So you go do that. How long does that take? It was about 10 days. Okay. Now you're, you you pass the test, and you're on the, uh, on the transport to where? We landed in Kuwait for more training and on-site assessments to make sure before we cross the border we're good to go and everything. Okay. What is going through your mind is all, are you so, are you so, uh, consumed with training and you want to be there? You want to not have this go bad that you don't have a chance to, to think about the importance of what you're doing? Or is it that is weighs on your mind the whole time? Yeah. And I use that verbiage in the book about, well, it's weighing on my mind. So I let the reader know what I'm thinking. I may not say it, but this is what I'm thinking. Right. And uh, and so, yes, but I know that I have to compartmentalize it, which isn't always the healthiest pathway in policing or any job. Right. But you have to put it away while you focus on the task at hand, because if I don't learn to do A, B and C and demonstrate it here, when it comes to a critical time and I fail, it could be critical for everybody around me and my family. Do you think that training in law enforcement tr helps you train for that? I mean, obviously, the, the, you guys in, in law enforcement and ladies, uh, I, it often strikes me, you see bad things, yes. a, lot, a lot of bad things. Yes, You have to be able to put that away. Yes. And so same with this? Absolutely. And I, and I do think that was helpful for a while, but in the long run, I put in the book, and I really refer to an overriding uh, message to our current population that we need to think about the suicide crisis we have going on, not just military and policing, but our young people and across the board. And then, and so I emphasize that early on that we have to think that we can't keep it locked away to forever. One of the reasons that I decided to write this book. 
all right, you you threw me a curve, and I want to I want to hit it out of the park. So sure. let's talk about that. Suicide is a very important part of what we talk about on the Greg and Dan show too. Yes, prevention uh, and recognizing the military problem and socially everywhere everywhere Absolutely. it seems scary how yes. how much it is prevalent uh was that the reason you wrote the book was because you wanted people to understand how to be able to deal with things uh without making that decision that, that was one of uh of several reasons they just sort of all came together and it just made sense that here's a great reason to do it but also i my granddaughter is two and i want her to know my uh, buddy is 92 from the Korean War. I want to follow his path of eventually telling yeah. your story. So there was overriding, and my wife is very supportive. She knew it was going to take time. So all these factors came into play. Okay, so we could go down this path of, of how we treat our veterans. We can go down that path, and I would like to for a second, if you don't mind. Sure. Because I do feel like, um, uh, while, while I know it, you know it, Michelle, your wife knows it, the number of people uh, that commit suicide, it used to be 22 a day was what the number was. I think it's higher than that now of veterans yes. uh, that take their own lives. I feel like we as a country, as great as we are, don't do a wonderful job of taking care of people who have served, such as yourself. Do you? What is your assessment of? Well, I would say that that uh, the the military in general is just a subsector of society, as as uh, others are. But but I agree, it's easy to have assumptions, mm -hmm. and uh, we just have these assumptions. And we some people on the one extreme is like they stay away from military veterans. Other people are like they're so appreciative, and really it's a it's a uh, continuum, right? From extreme, yeah, you know, folks they're doing just great, and other folks that are really struggling. And uh, and so we shouldn't put them in a box, but we should understand that they've probably seen some things like our firefighters, for example, sure. that the average everyday person hasn't. We have to keep that in mind and be open to uh, listening to them when that opportunity comes up. Uh, those are good words, uh, because I do think that in this business that I'm in, along with my partner, Danny, we are in the talking business, but we are actually in the listening business, too. Uh, when we talk to people, when we meet people, uh, just as we did a few moments ago, I was going one way with this interview until you mentioned the suicide thing. And I wanted yes. to bring it up because because I, I want to keep talking about it. It's so important. And we have a lot of our listener friends who are involved in that particular issue, especially with veterans. All right. So back back to you. So now you're you're there. Uh, how long did you serve total in Iraq? One year, I left on July 4th, 2004, right. and came back on July 4th, 2005. Which is exactly the length of time it took you to write this book, you yes. told me. It no coincidence. Yes. Exactly. Uh, based on your notes there, tell me about some of the things that you learned. That's what was my question five minutes ago. Uh, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know before? Well, there's a lot. There's unknowns, right? When we do something difficult and something challenging, we know what the, the goal is. You know, come back safe, do a good job, you know support my family and, and as much as I can and then, you know, remind them that I care and love them and, and I will be back and, you know, we'll look at things differently and be stronger as a result. And I do think in the book, I kind of reinforce that sometimes when we have the most difficult times in our lives, whether it's relationship or work, it can make us the most resilient as a result of having those experiences. And I think that's why, you know, we're, we're happier than ever um, because we knew that we've been through something, something that very few people do. Only, only 1% of our population are serving today. Only 6% are veterans, a small percentage. And I think one of the reasons I wrote the book is to get to the other 94% to have a glimpse, not from a general officer or special ops guy that, you know, was taking terrorists out, but an average everyday guy from Peoria that just did the best he could and his family supported him. What are you good at? Well, I like to say I'm good at listening, but I'm not sure Michelle, my wife, would agree with that. But I, I guess I'm, I, 
I'm compassionate and try and be understanding, especially I when can people tell in difficult times. Yeah, I can tell that. Mm-hmm. What, uh, I, I'm an amateur psychologist hat right here. <laughs> why, why do you have that? What caused that to be when you were growing well, up? Well, and again, I would attribute to, uh, to my mother had a very difficult life. And a lot mm-hmm. of times we look back to our childhoods and, and, you know, we see what happened, what didn't happen, and why it happened. But she overcame so many challenges and she was so compassionate to everybody, but paying attention to herself. And a selfless person, right? Like we have so many sure. in our community here in Peoria. And so that rubs off on you over years and experiences. And you want to replicate that and, and honor that, you know, that decision by that individual. And so a lot that's of remarkable, think, man. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. Cool. Seventh grade education and a uh, single mom most of her life. And so I got to do something good. You know, I, before I say the name of your book again, I just want to say this because you made me think of uh, of so many of us that have somebody in our family where I'm older than you, but we're generally in the same ballpark, right? And so our parents generally in the same ballpark. And many of our listeners have that same thing. And those people, uh, the greatest generation was uh, called by Tom Brokaw, right? Yes. Uh, They handled a lot of stuff. Yes. And they did it often with grace and compassion and love. And if we didn't learn from that example, we weren't listening. We yes. weren't paying attention. Absolutely. The name of the book is Citizen Soldier from the Land of, of Lincoln to Iraq and Back, Dr. Robert Elliott. Um, was the book writing fun? Fun is a strong word when it comes to <laughs> writing for somebody and picking their first book. Yeah. So it was fun to know where it would be if I just kept you know, pushing, pushing, pushing and taking the feedback and making revisions and doing the research to make sure what happened then and happened here. So it, it ended up being um, happy that I got it completed. We'll say that. Did uh, did you have a regimen? Are you a, yes. that kind of person? I am going to write today from 6 to 7 or whatever it might be. Yes. Usually it was from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. though. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. Would you find yourself writing down the you're driving, you're going to the grocery store and then you just have a thought? Like I oh oh and then you pull over and put a note in your phone or write I, on I a did piece that of paper. Quite often, yes. Yeah, that's the only way to yes. do it, man. Because you, exactly. you, brains don't hold on to that yes, stuff. Yes, I didn't want to lose it. You 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 go down. I have that happen all the time about the radio show. I'm thinking, oh, we should do this. If I don't write it down, yes. Ten minutes later, I won't remember what it is. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, all right. So tell me about the future uh, of um, the military from your perspective. Now, you that was 20 years ago that Iraq happened for you. Uh, but you certainly, you're still, I see you're wearing a VFW, uh, jacket and you're still wearing, op, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom veteran uh, on your other lapel. Um, tell me about today's soldiers. Tell me about what we as people who are not, we're the 94% that don't, uh, haven't served. We don't know anything about what it's like to be in the military. What is your perception of the military today for the United States? Well, I retired in 2008 from the Illinois Army National Guard after okay. 20 years of service. So I've been out of the military for a, a while, bit, but yeah. lots of friends and, and family sure. that are still in. And so um, I have the utmost respect for our military. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Sure. And uh, everybody has opinions and they have a right to it about what transpired, what didn't transpire. But at the end of the day, when somebody in our day and age raises their right hand and says that they swear to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and they know that they're going to go to basic training, they're going to be yelled at, and they're going to be pushed, and they're going to be tired and hungry and wet and cold and hot, even to training, even if they never deploy, it says something about somebody that's willing to 
to volunteer to do that. Now, not everybody's eligible. Not everybody has a desire. They can go do other things, firefighting, policing, police, a Peace right. Corps. But those that do, we should give them a special sense of appreciation because they're doing something that very few people do. And oftentimes they're doing it at a young age yeah. and they're doing it where it may not be the most popular decision, particularly when people say you need to go to college, not military. And mm. Of course, you can do both. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so those that choose to, and I think it, it leaves a impression that forever changes them in terms of sets them aside with you've done some difficult things and as a better and you, and it builds character and i think by and large uh, it helps our communities here and elsewhere when we have these young folks and maybe not so young choose to do something that's hard and uh, and, yeah. they, and they and then they have their graduations and their parents and family are so proud of them they see them from you know before and after that initial training and it's a sense of pride that they'll never forget well said, sir. Uh, congratulations on the book. Again, you can get it wherever books are sold. Dr. Robert Elliott, E-L-L-I-O-T-T, Citizen Soldier from the Land of Lincoln to Iraq and back. Uh, it's a good-looking book. It's got a QR code in it. We mentioned it in the radio interview where and maybe the best thing for you to do is scan that QR code and see some videos of you uh, back in the day. Do you like looking at yourself when you're younger like that? Sometimes Boy, I that was so much thinner and so much fitter. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to look back yeah, almost yeah. 20 years it's nowadays. Good, man. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks, Greg. Great talking with you.